In episode 48 of Mosin at Large, you can produce well-formatted, good-looking documents using any device you happen to have to hand, thanks to Markdown. I'll demonstrate how you might use it with your Braille Display's note-taking function, Notepad itself, Microsoft Word, and a range of iOS apps. Mosin at Large Podcast. Good to be back with you for this special edition of the podcast. We don't normally publish midweek, but we had so much good material from listeners. That is a nice problem to have that I thought we would separate these issues out. First, Markdown, and then we'll have a look at the optimized battery function of your iPhone and what that is supposed to achieve. We had a listener inquiry about that as well. On a previous edition of the podcast, I mentioned I was going to do a feature on Markdown and Microsoft Word and how you can all make it come together. And this is that feature. Some of the information that I'm going to convey will not be new to you if you are a Markdown user already. And some might be if you haven't integrated Markdown with Microsoft Word in the way that I have. And this has really helped my workflow a lot. But I am going to start from the beginning in case you have never heard of Markdown before. I readily confess that I resisted Markdown for quite some time, mainly because it sounded like going back to the future or something. (laughs) When I first started writing with a computer, I had an Apple IIe back in the 1980s, and I used technology called Braille Edit. It was an advanced suite of tools for its time because it allowed blind people to create good-looking documents and print them out usually on those good old dot matrix printers that made a heck of a racket in the process. And you could even send that same document to a Braille embosser, which made an even bigger racket. The way this all happened was a series of commands that you would insert in your document. So it wasn't what you see is what you get. You would have commands like dollar dollar $C. Yep, two dollar signs and the letter C, and that would center the current line. Dollar dollar H gave you headings, and on and on it went. And I would memorize, as would many people, these Braille Edit commands. And it was later called Bex Braille Edit Express. And you could produce some really good stuff. Sighted people had equivalents too. WordStar was the really big app then, and you would use all sorts of asterisk-based commands to send formatting. And you'd have to look at your code to see what the formatting was going to be when you printed it. As computers became faster and more powerful, the big buzzword was WYSIWYG, and word processors like WordPerfect and later Microsoft Word gave you WYSIWYG. What you see is what you get, and sighted people love that because you can just instantly look at the screen and see what's going on. Screen readers caught up. And you could hear as you navigated a document when you were dealing with a heading, you could have different levels of engagement. You could have bold text spoken as bold or maybe in a different voice, similarly with italicized text. And the use of styles in Microsoft Word has really helped us with navigation. If you mark up a Word document using proper heading levels and comments and various other styles with any screen reader from narrator to JAWS, Navigating a Microsoft Word document is a beautiful experience. It's really efficient. And like many people, I've written entire books and complex documents with Microsoft Word. So I really like Word, and I didn't have any intention of wanting to go back to the old days where you would put all these cryptic commands into a document. So why am I talking about Markdown? I was never happy with Microsoft Word on 
iOS, and I'm still not. I don't like the fact that each page of a Word document is its own element on the screen. It makes navigating difficult and reading a long document cumbersome. So I never really got into Word on my phone. So I was looking for another word processor that would allow me to get the work done on my iPhone or my iPad. A number of people over the years have recommended Markdown-based editors to me, and at the time, I was quite dismissive. Last year, it finally resonated in my skull that I should give Ulysses a really good look. And if you go back to episode 14, and I think I may have also mentioned it in episode 6 of Mosin at Large, I have talked extensively about Ulysses. It is a fantastic app. You can do things like assign series shortcuts to groups or specific documents or create a new document with a series shortcut. It's very accessible and it is markdown based. But the thing that encouraged me to come to grips with Ulysses was specifically that it imported Word documents and it exported Word documents. That's quite unusual. There are a lot of Markdown-based text editors out there that will save as a Word document. But the trouble is, once you've saved it as a Word document and you've made some changes on your PC or your Mac, if you use Word on your Mac, then it's difficult to bring it back in again because many of these things don't support importing of Word documents. Ulysses does go both ways, importing and exporting. And that's how I've been using Ulysses for quite some time now. I've been creating documents in Ulysses. If I want to do some work on my PC, I've been exporting to Word, doing some work on my PC, bringing it back, the Word document, back into Ulysses and continuing. Now, as you can appreciate, that works, but it's a little bit cumbersome. You know, it's not like hugely cumbersome, but there are quite a few steps involved in doing it that way. Ulysses has its own format, which is proprietary. It's based on Markdown, but it has some enhancements. But if you want to, you can turn off those enhancements and save in a more generic, plain-looking markdown. And that got me thinking, can I simplify these steps by creating a plain markdown file in Ulysses and somehow working with it in a kind of a what-you-see-is-what-you-get style in Windows without the intermediary process of importing and exporting? If I were a Mac user, then there's a Ulysses for Mac, and I'd simply keep everything in Ulysses format, work on my iPhone and my Mac until I was ready to export into a final format and go ahead and do that. And of course, Ulysses can create all sorts of things. It can create EPUB documents. So if you're an author and you want to publish an EPUB format, that's absolutely possible, all from Ulysses. If you want to create a accessible, beautiful-looking PDF file, you can do that too. And you can even publish to sites like WordPress. One shortcoming Ulysses has, though, is that it doesn't appear to generate tables of contents, which I think really should be addressed for a pro-writing tool that you subscribe to like Ulysses. My first step on this little mission, then, was to see if I could find a text editor that supported Markdown that was accessible and would allow me to navigate by different things like heading levels when I had created a Markdown document. Because as I'll show you in a minute, you can actually just create a Markdown document using anything as basic as Notepad, any text editor. And I auditioned quite a few apps for Windows, and I found all of them either clunky and looking too much like I was working in a web browser, which I didn't really like, or they were just inaccessible. And then my research put me on to a little tool that is free for Microsoft Word. 
and this has changed my workflow dramatically. The tool is called Writage. That is spelt W-R-I-T-A-G-E. And if you Google on it, you'll find it. But if you're listening to the podcast version of the show, I will put a link to Writage in the show notes. This is not new, by the way. I've found references to Writage as far back as 2015, so I am late to this party. But Writage can do two things. The first thing is that if you start a document in Microsoft Word and you want to save it as a markdown file, it gets rid of all the clutter, all the bulk that you sometimes get in Microsoft Word documents and just leaves you with the markdown file that any number of other tools will import and work with including, I think, Voice Dream Writer, if you like to use that. The second thing is that you can take a markdown file that you've written somewhere else, bring it into Microsoft Word, and see that it's all formatted like an actual Word document would be. So it works both ways. Where this is useful is not only can I work in Ulysses, but, for example, my Focus 40 Blue 5th generation has what they call a scratch pad. It's okay for a basic note-taker. It has copy and paste functionality. I understand the scope creep possibilities of putting utilities in what are fundamentally brow displays, but gee, I do wish it had word wrap. It is incredibly frustrating uh, to use it when you're writing documents because it doesn't have word wrap. Other than that, it's quite good. Now, this is a plain text file editor in the focus and using Markdown, I can create documents with headings and bolding and italics. I'm not so much worried about the bolds and italicizing because I can do that later in Microsoft Word. But the really cool thing about being able to write a document, a plain text file using Markdown in the Focus Scratchpad is that let's say I'm in a meeting and all I have is my focus and I'm brailing notes on my Scratchpad and there are different agenda items. Using Markdown, I can create different headings for each agenda item save it with a .md extension, a markdown extension, bring it into Microsoft Word, and it's all beautifully formatted with headings so I can navigate it right away. And of course, I can take that file straight into Ulysses if I want to. So let's have a look at some of the basics of markdown. And to do this, as I said, it can be as basic as just going into Notepad. I'll do that now. Search box edit. Notepad app. Untitled Notepad edit. This is about as basic a text editor as you can possibly have, and I'm now in a blank document. Normally, we'd want to start a document with a heading, and I'm going to start with a heading level two. To initiate a heading level, you type as many number signs as you want the heading level to be. For example, if I want a heading level two, I will type two number signs and then my heading. There is some debate, it seems, in the Markdown community about whether you should put a space after your number signs or not. Some markdown editors will cope okay if you just write number sign, number sign, and then go right into your heading level two, but others don't. So I found that the best way to be assured of compatibility is to always put a space after the number signs. So I'm going to write number sign, number sign, and a space. Welcome to my test. And so I'll read that line back. Number, number, welcome to my test. And now I'm going to start a new paragraph, which in markdown terms requires two presses of the enter key. Now we're on a new paragraph. I'm going to italicize something now. I'm going to type this is and then an asterisk sign, star, really, and then another star, cool. 
exclamation mark. So what I have is, is it star really star cool? It's almost like you would see sometimes in an email when someone's writing to you and they will do this for emphasis. This will italicize the text. I'm going to press enter twice to start a new paragraph. And now I'm going to bold some text. And to do that, I'm going to write two asterisks before and after the word in question. The Mosin at large podcast totally and then star star rocks and another star star. So let's read the current line. I'll put a full stop at the end there, a period, as they say in the US, and read that back. The Mosin at large podcast totally star star rocks star star. And press enter. Now, when you know how to review this, of course, this makes reviewing your formatting very easy because JAWS is just reading back the punctuation marks or the symbols that we are inserting as we go. Well, this is all very well and good, but what happens if you want to bold and italicize at the same time? No problem. Let's show you how we do that. So I'm going to type another sentence, and this time markdown is very well thought out. So I'm going to write very in bold and italics. And to do that, we write three asterisk symbols and then very, and then another three asterisk symbols to mark the end of the passage. Well thought out. Now let's just read back that line. Markdown is star, 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 very, star, 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 well thought out. And press enter twice to start a new paragraph. Quite often on websites, you will see material block quoted, which makes it really clear that material is a quote. And it's also handy for we screen reader users because it's easy to navigate to a particular block quote if you want to do that. It's easy to make one in Markdown. I'm going to type this paragraph first. When asked about Markdown, Jonathan Mosen said, and then two enters for a new paragraph. And then I'm going to start this paragraph with a greater than symbol. Now I'll write... I wish I had played with this earlier. I wish I had played with this earlier. And now I'm going to press enter twice to start another paragraph. Now I'm going to make an ordered list. And the way we start an ordered list is to write the number one and a full stop or period, a space, and then the first item. After that, it doesn't seem to matter what number you put. So you don't have to remember what number you're up to necessarily. So let's start an ordered list. The first thing I will do is say, here are some of the things I like about Markdown. And then a new paragraph and type one full stop space. That's really important to get this list going. Then I will just type it is logical. And then we'll press enter to full stop. It is portable. Three, full stop. So many export options. Four, full stop. I can use it to work on any platform I like. Four, I can use it to work on any platform I like. And I'll press enter twice, which will stop the ordered list. If I want to create an unordered list, This would be a list that you see on a website that just has a whole lot of items and usually bullet points at the beginning. 
I can use a number of symbols. I just stick with the asterisk at the beginning of the line, but you can use dashes and you can use pluses. And in fact, that does apply to quite a few things in Markdown. There are several characters you can use. So the difference here is that you're using one asterisk and it must be at the beginning of the line to indicate that you are starting an ordered list. So I'm going to write this paragraph first. In recording this demo, comma, I hope to, colon, and then a new paragraph. And now I'm going to start my ordered list. So I'm going to type an asterisk and then show how easy it is to write markdown and then press enter and write another asterisk. Begin the process in notepad and then enter. And then we'll just write one more in this list. Import the file into Word with writage installed, and then enter twice to start a new paragraph. Now, I'm not going to demonstrate every single markdown command because there are a few, and actually there are some variations around the place. But if you were to Google or use your favorite search engine to find out about markdown, you will find various reference guides. There's actually a guide to markdown on Amazon Kindle that I found very helpful. When I was starting with this, you can insert hyperlinks. You can even create tables. There are all sorts of things that you can do. I must admit that when I'm writing, I normally just want those basic things, headings, lists, some basic formatting like bolding and italicizing. And that would be enough usually for me to write a blog post, in addition to actually inserting hyperlinks as well, which I would also do. So I have been producing quite a lot of content this way in Ulysses and also with the scratch pad on my Focus 40 Blue fifth generation, which is pretty cool. So now that we have created this document, I'm going to save it. I'm going to press Control S. Save as dialog, file name, edit combo, star.txt. I have a folder structure that I've set up for Markdown documents. And I've done that because Ulysses can integrate with Dropbox. And I've imported all these different folders that specifically pertain to Markdown documents in my Ulysses library. So I'm going to go there. I'm just going to shift tab to my list of folders. Markdown. 12, and there's Markdown, and I have a folder here called General. General two of six. This is where this goes. I'll press Enter. Save and now I'm going to call it Markdown Demo.md. I'm saving it with a .md extension. Markdown Demo.md. And press Enter. Edit. And I'll read the window title. Markdown Demo.md Notepad. Now we're ready to go, so I can quit Notepad at this point. I'm going to spend some time in Microsoft Word in just a moment, but before I get there, a word about how writage works. It's simply a matter of downloading an executable file, an installer, and you run that installer, and that adds the plugin, which adds Markdown support to Microsoft Word. There are several file extensions you can use. I found that ending your files with a .md extension is a pretty consistent way to go. And the .md file extension does get associated in Windows with the Writage plugin when you install it and therefore launches Microsoft Word. So bear in mind that we've created this file with Notepad, the most basic text editor pretty much on the planet. So no fancy editing, just a plain text file. Let's have a look at what happens when we open that file that we created in Microsoft Word. 
The easiest way to do that is just to go to the start menu and type part of the file name and it should come up. So we'll go to the start button and I'm going to type markdown D. That should preview. I'm going to press enter and because I already have writage installed, Word will launch. Opening Word, opening Word. Markdown demo.md compatibility mode word print edit. Now we are in this document, and because I used the markdown syntax, you will be amazed. You would actually think you are in a real Microsoft Word document. What I've done to illustrate this point is made JAWS very verbose regarding formatting and attributes. I don't normally have JAWS set this way, but it's the easiest way to show you that all of this has been transferred to what looks like a Word document. Here's the first line. Heading to style, delivery, 16 points, bold, welcome to my test. Welcome to my test. And you see that it's heading level two. And because we applied the heading level two style, the point size has already gone to 16 points. It just looks like I did a heading level two in Word, even though I did this in Notepad. I'll down arrow. First paragraph style, Cambria, 12 points, normal. This is italic, really normal, cool. This is really cool. And you'll remember that in Notepad, I use the asterisk symbol to italicize the word really, and that's come through in the Word document. I'll down arrow to the next paragraph. Body text style, the most in large podcast, totally bold, rocks, normal. And there's the rocks in bold. Down arrow. Markdown is bold, very normal, well thought out. Now, that should be bold and italicized, I believe, but it's only speaking that it's bolded. When asked about markdown, Jonathan Mosin said, block text style, delivery, 10 points, I wish I had played with this earlier. That's the block text style, so the block quote there. And one thing we can also do is render this as an HTML file, and you would see the same kind of thing as if you were looking at a web page. First paragraph style, Cambria, 12 points. Here are some of the things I like about Markdown. Now we should have a list next. Level one, normal style, one, it is logical. Two, it is portable. Three, so many export options. Four, I can use it to work on any platform I like. Level zero, First paragraph style in recording this demo, I hope to. The list style did work. We saw that it was an ordered list and it was at level one. Now on down arrow. Level one. Normal style bullet show how easy it is to write markdown. Here's my unordered list. You remember we use the asterisk symbol and then a space and then the list item at the beginning of each line. It's turned that into a bulleted list. Bullet begin the process in notepad. Bullet import the file into Word with writage installed. Bullet and that's the end of the document. To all intents and purposes, I could have created this document in Microsoft Word, and it's just rendered, thanks to the Writage plugin, as what could be a Word document. In fact, if I want to, I can simply go into Save As and save this document as a modern Word file. Having set all this up, it really opens up a lot of possibilities. Now that I can take a document and work with it in Word or Ulysses or anywhere, I can use Markdown on a range of platforms and it also means that I can use Markdown editors that I didn't want to consider before because they didn't have a word import option. One such editor for iOS that's really good and worth considering is called IA Writer. IA is one word and then I think Writer is another word. The reason why I discounted IA Writer in the beginning was because it didn't have that word import option. But now that I don't have to worry about that, I've been taking another look at it. It's very good. It's a simpler editor in some respects than Ulysses and a more conventional editor in that it uses standard markdown. All the files that IA Writer creates are created in an open folder in iCloud Drive. 
which means that if you install the iCloud for Windows utility, you'll easily be able to get at the documents that IA Writer creates without any additional jiggery-pokery. So that's a really nice feature. Also, it is packed with keyboard commands that will be very familiar to you if you've used a Mac before or even iOS editors that offer rich keyboard commands for editing. For example, you can use commands 1 through 6 to do heading levels, and all the various bold and italics commands also work. It is a very nice environment to work in. Some may also prefer IA Writer because it's a one-off purchase, whereas Ulysses has moved to a subscription model. I still, on balance, although it is a close-run thing, prefer Ulysses. I've really got a good workflow going with Ulysses. For example, I produce the Today in History segment during the week for the Mosin Explosion, and I use the Append to Clipboard feature in JAWS to create that file, go to various sources on the web and find out what happened on this day in history. As I find a fact of interest, I append it to the clipboard. And then when I'm done, I dump the whole thing into a Word document, save it as a markdown file, and read it in Ulysses on my Braille display from my iPhone while I'm working in the software that we use to produce voice-tracked shows on Mushroom FM. It's super efficient. And because Siri is so well integrated with Ulysses, I've got a Siri command. I just say today in history to Siri and it opens that history file, which has the same name every day because I don't need to keep the history files. And I'm right there in the editor in Ulysses ready to read. You can't quite do all that level of automation with IA Writer, but that is quite a specific use case, the whole Siri integration that may not apply to your needs. So it's definitely worth considering IA Writer if you don't want to go with an app that requires you to take out a subscription on iOS. That said, I think Ulysses is still the kind of gold standard that I have found so far. So that is an example of how I am now working in Markdown for most of my work until the point that I need to give the document to someone or collaborate on the document with someone, then I can really easily just turn it into Word and release it as needed. Pretty slick, and I'm able to work on documents wherever I am and with whatever tool I happen to want to work with. Mosin at Large Podcast. Optimized battery, scheduled to finish charging by stupid o'clock. Insert random time here. Have you seen this on your iPhone? I've seen it. You've seen it, and most significant of all for the moment, Petra has seen it, and Petra wonders why. What is going on with this optimized battery thing? What is it trying to achieve? And she posed this question two or three weeks ago, and I did promise that I would attend to it and attempt to answer it on the show at some juncture. That juncture has come. So let me give you some background first. You may remember the controversy that some people dubbed Battery Gate. This is where Apple slowed down the performance of old iPhones that they detected as having batteries that were showing less than optimal performance. Now, in the aftermath of that debacle, I do love that word, (laughs) and it was a debacle, which resulted in Apple having to placate angry users by offering heavily discounted battery replacements, Apple introduced battery management technology into iOS, started happening with iOS 13, and it's designed to help your battery last longer. And that's why you may see a message that optimized battery mode is active 
and why your battery spends a long time hovering at around about the 80% mark. You can turn this feature off altogether if you want to, or if you need a full charge on specific occasions, you can override it for the current charging cycle. So what's the science behind it? Well, the first thing I want to point out is that some people who've been using battery-operated technology for a long time still think it's a good idea to regularly discharge your battery all the way and then charge it all the way up to full again. In older technology that used nickel-cadmium batteries, and they haven't been around for a while, that was a good idea. It combated what they called the memory effect. With today's battery technology, doing that too often is actually going to shorten the life of your battery. Uh, There may be an argument that says it's good to calibrate the gauge as your battery ages from time to time, but you're not going to help the life of your battery by constantly running it all the way down and running it all the way up. I keep telling my son this. Does he listen to me? No, he does not. So the best thing you can do is to keep your battery as much in the sweet spot as possible, and that is between 80% and 20% level of charge. If you go over that or under that, so over 80% or under 20% too often, you will have an impact on your battery life over time. It will be negligible, but you will be having an impact because the battery life of these lithium-ion batteries is measured in cycles. So the more full cycles you let it do, the shorter it will last. So Apple's really trying to be helpful here and make sure your battery gets as much life as possible. Apple's using artificial intelligence to find out when you need a full charge and when you actually don't. Apple describes it like this, and I'm quoting from their stuff now. A new option helps slow down the rate of battery aging by reducing the time your iPhone spends fully charged iPhone uses on-device machine learning to understand your daily charge routine so it can wait to finish charging past 80% until you need to use it. Let's say that by analyzing your usage habits, your iPhone has determined that you always plug in your phone at around 10pm and you leave it plugged in until 7am the next morning. One day, you plug it in at 4pm, so it's likely that your iPhone will only charge to 80% Because, based on your past usage, it knows that much charge will easily take you to your usual 10pm charge time. The hope is that with this feature enabled, you don't actually experience any real practical difference in how often you need to charge. But after owning your phone for three or four years, if you keep it that long, you might hold 80 to 90% of the charge that it did when you first got it, instead of, say, 50 to 60% that might be the case without this cool technology. So you don't need to replace the battery. So in general, optimized charging is a good thing to have on. I do know some people who just never see it. I don't know whether that's because their charge times are inconsistent or what the deal is, and then other people do see it regularly. So it sounds like it could still do with some refining, and perhaps we will see that in iOS 14. So I hope that helps. To contribute to Mosin at Large, you can email Jonathan, that's J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N, at mushroomfm.com by writing something down or attaching an audio file. Or you can call our listener line. It's a U.S. number, 864-60-MOSIN. That's 864-606-6736. Mosin at Large.